Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Feeling good so far? Awesome, awesome. Listen, here's the thing. Uh, You guys came to church on a New Year's weekend expecting to just kind of like sail by and everything's gonna be okay. But listen, here's the thing. Y'all about to get preached at. It's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's about, it's about to happen. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you who's, who's preaching here this morning, but I don't want you to do anything yet because I kind of want to set it up and I know that I can't keep it a secret because I'll just end up saying it and I'll ruin everything. So here's the thing. Uh, Pastor Keith Pittman is with us today. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the truth. The truth is, uh, it, is a, it is a monster honor for me to stand on this platform and introduce him for you, uh, to you here, here today. Uh, you know, the truth is, for many, many years, uh, Pastor Keith has been there for me, not just for me um, vocationally in ministry, but as like a man. You know, he truly is like a spiritual father to me. And uh, he's, he's seen me in some of my darkest days and, uh, and, and loved me and encouraged me through it. And he's been there to celebrate with me in some of my best days. And, uh, and I, I love him. I love him more than words can describe. And as you know, he's, uh, he's actually up now in uh, D.C. He's up at Metro Church in D.C. And, um, and even though I'm very happy for him, I'm also very bitter and I miss him a lot. But... Um, but I really mean when I tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to see a man who can love like he does. And, uh, and I love him immensely. And it's not just because of what he does for me, but it's because of the love of God that he has in his heart. That's so inspirational. And so listen, you're going to be blessed today. I promise you that. So do me this favor. Why don't you stand to your feet and welcome to the platform, Pastor Keith Pittman Sr. All right, all right, all right. Celebration Church, how you guys doing? You guys doing good? We can do a little bit better than that. Celebration Church, how many of people are excited to be going into a new year, a new season? And I know that 2017 may not have been the best, but you have made it through because you are still here. Let's put our hands together for Jesus, who's allowed us to survive. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. The one who's given us the the air in our lungs. Let's put our hands together for Jesus, who's allowed us to be a living testimony. We're we're just getting started, and Petey warned you that we're going to get preached to this morning. I hope you came prepared to to declare the name of Jesus. You guys can go ahead and and have your seats. I'm I'm excited and and honored to be here. I I truly, I truly, truly am. I'm amazed at all that that God has been doing here in in Jacksonville in just a short period of time since I've I've been gone, just just looking at the renovated kids space and and, and just looking at all that God is doing with our services and how God is continually to to shake things up here at at Celebration Church. And and all that stuff is only possible when you have leaders that that are willing to be sensitive to what God is allowing them and leading them to do. So can we put our hands together for our lead pastors, Pastor Stovall and Pastor Carey? We love you guys so much. Thank you so much for following the voice and presence of God through every season. While you guys are being so kind, can you put your hands together for all those who are joining us online, all of our campuses, those who are watching us later on on the podcast. We're so, so glad that you are that you are here. Again, looking at all that God has been doing here in Jacksonville, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Jaguars. How about those Jaguars? I mean, who would have ever thought that they would be doing as good as they are. I've been, I've been praying for them, I really have been, and I'm really in this conflicted space right now. If I can have a moment of transparency with you guys, I'm, I'm in this conflicted space because I've lived in Jacksonville for 13 years, um, and so the Jacksonville Jaguars have been my team, my, my second team. 
Now, my first team, my first love, and the Bible talks about your first love. Your first love, my first love is the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and they're doing fairly good, if I'm not mistaken. They have the best record in the NFL, but we're not gonna talk about that. They're doing fairly good as well. And so what would actually be a unique dream come true for me right now would be for the Eagles to play the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. That would be a fascinating experience for me. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. I will be rooting for the Eagles, but I will want the Jaguars to at least score once. That's, that's a fact. You can, you can rest assured that I do want it to be a good game, but I gotta stick with the team that is, I've been with through thick and thin. Look, if you've been an Eagles fan as long as I have been, you are the embodiment of faith because that's when you have no evidence of any championships, but yet you're still standing true. I'm man enough to admit it. So y'all gotta give me this one. Jags, y'all y'all get y'all's and, and, and soon enough, but it's, it's truly cool uh, to be here with you guys. Um, I left from Washington, D.C., and it was about 17 degrees. And I came here with the anticipation of enjoying the, the Florida sunshine. I, I came here prepared to wear some shorts and some, some flip-flops, and, and, and I came here prepared to, to lay out on the beach a little bit because, yes, we do tan. Um, I did, I, did I, I wanted to, to kind of lean into that moment now that I'm in a sunshine state, and, and it seems as if um, that, this, that Florida didn't deliver on its promise. So as far as I'm concerned, celebration in Jacksonville and God owes me another trip back to Florida. So if y'all will have me, I'm gonna push the button as much as I can to get back and, and so I can enjoy uh, the sun, which is, I believe it's owed to me at this point. I'm, I'm excited to, 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 to preach the word to you guys this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 16? We're gonna to turn to Acts chapter 16. Um, while you're turning there, I wanna give you some context and, and, and give you some, some background. I do have my, my, my beautiful bride and my son with me. Hey girl, hey. What's up, girl? I see you. God is good. Um, let me give you some background on what's happening here in, in, in Acts 15. In, in, in Acts 15, leading up to Acts 16, um, it's a very pivotal time in, in, in church history. Up to this point, um, as, as Christ has ascended into heaven and now this whole idea of the church is being birthed, there's this tension that's been established where what does it really mean to be a Christian? Like, what does the church really look like now that we have Gentiles and Jews worshiping together? Up until this point, there's been this distinction and, and Gentiles had their many gods and, and the Jews had the one God. But now that we have Christ as the center focus, what does it really mean and what does it look like to have us all integrated? Should the, should the Gentiles recognize the Jewish customs and vice versa? So there was this tension that was really beginning to be a big issue in the church. So the Jerusalem Council, which is where all the disciples and apostles got together, had, had gathered together to kind of talk about what does it really mean so that we don't create any unnecessary rules. You see, even back then, they were trying to strip away all the religion and all the barriers that was keeping people from encountering God and making it about the main thing. So in Acts 15, they come up with this, this outline of what it means to be a Christian and remove all the rules and all the, and all the burdens and struggles and stresses that come, sometimes keep people away from encountering God. And many of you may have encountered that in your own lives where you've seen as if you were, you were looking for God, but you found religion. But nonetheless, they, they dealt with that there. So after they had come up with this ruling, in Acts 16, they begin to send all the disciples out back to the environments that they had once been and to all the other locations they haven't been with this newfound message of not only freedom in Christ, but now how to remove themselves from the barriers and the burdens of religion. Let's pick up here at Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phygaria and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, 
they headed north to the province of Bithynia, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went through to Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision, and a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. I want you to, 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 to look at the tension that's being established because Paul and his team, they'd had this incredibly powerful message that they were excited to go out and share, but the text tells us that on two occasions that God stopped them from the plans that they had established for themselves. Going into 2018 and maybe looking back at 2017, maybe there's some areas and some plans that you have kind of wrote out for yourself and some things that you thought of, but you feel as if you've been shifted in another direction and now you have to reconcile with the frustration. Today, I wanna to talk to you just for a few moments around the idea of when change happens and our response to change, and I've entitled this message, A Change Is Gonna Come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your people, God, and we thank you for allowing us to, to celebrate your, your grace, your glory, and all that we've been able to do in 2017. And, and, and we're taking that momentum and that excitement into 2018, God, with, with high expectations. But Lord, as we, as we listen to your word today, God, we pray for open ears that we can hear you, even amongst all the, the distraction and all the noise, God. We, we pray for open eyes that we can see you, even amongst all the things that, that try to blur our visions, God. But we also pray for open hearts to receive the seed of your truth even in a world that's filled with so many lies. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As many of you guys are probably familiar with in your own lives or even just looking at other things um, that you're familiar with, we all are familiar when things happen out of left field, when, when change happens that is completely unexpected and unanticipated. We see this in, in all genres of life. I often think about when I look at a sports team. I'm, I'm a big sports fan, so whenever I have an opportunity to look at any athletic team and they're beginning to build their team to work towards a championship, I look at the players that they add onto their team because they're thinking that this key player will be critical and us accomplishing our goal. This player is going to help to, to bridge this gap. It's going to help us to be successful with us making um, our, our destination. But lo and behold, it, it, it never fails where maybe that player gets injured. And now all of a sudden, what they had planned to do has to make a radical shift and maybe their game plan is, is requiring them to shift a little bit. And, and we've all been there. I, I can think even in something as precise and as calculated as NASA, even they've had to endure this. Um, a, a few months ago, I remember when my, my wife and I, we had an opportunity to, to, to prepare to watch a shuttle launch. So where we live at in, in Virginia, where the shuttle was gonna launch from, we were gonna actually have like a front row seat to watching the shuttle launch, and we were incredibly excited about it. Like we were, we were outside, we had the hot cocoa, we were all prepared to watch the shuttle launch from, from our backyard. So we got our sun, we got our hot cocoa, we got our coats on, we're outside and we're all ready. My wife breaks out the NASA app and we're listening to them as they're talking about all the work that's going into the preparation. They're talking about all the fuel, all the man hours, all the preparation that they've done in order for them to launch off into this, into meeting with the, um, meeting with the, the shuttle in, in, in space. So with all this excitement, as they begin to count down, you can hear the thrusters beginning to build up and you can hear the anticipation in everyone's voice. At about 45 seconds before they launch off, a plane flies into the airspace out of left field that no one had seen, and they had to abort the launch. And you could just hear all the, all the, 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 the anxiety in their voice. There's a, there's, a, there's a plane in the airspace, abort, abort, abort. And now they have to begin the process of shutting down everything they have actually been working towards for the past year. 
for the past year, everything they've been doing up to this point had got shut down because a random plane that had somehow bypassed radars had flown into the airspace and it changed everything. Now, being quite honest with you, I didn't quite understand why did it require them to shut down. I'm thinking to myself, wait for the plane to fly by and then just go ahead and launch. Like, why does it require you to have to start from scratch all over again? And then I learned a very valuable lesson about launch windows. See, I'm, I'm one of those type of people that I like to research. I like to have under, an understanding of information. I'm a, I'm a learner. So I began to learn a little bit about launch windows. And the way that launch windows works as it relates to objects on Earth interacting with things in space is because of orbit and because of the gravitational pull, whenever you seek to launch something from Earth to interact with something in space, you have a brief window when they can connect together precisely. Otherwise, they may miss each other, and now you have to spend extra fuel, extra resources to catch up with it and actually going around the Earth. So if you missed a launch window, it's better to just wait. Here's, here's what I think about. I think that there's many things in our lives that maybe in 2017, we may feel like we missed our launch window. We, we missed our opportunity. And if we're not careful, we'll spend all of our energy, all of our effort, everything that we have trying to chase down a blessing that we feel like is so far out of grip. I've, I've lost my opportunity, I missed it. I had this chance to get the job, but I missed it. I had this opportunity to fix my marriage. I feel like we had this window of time when we could have repaired this thing, but I missed it. I had a chance to move forward in my career, but I missed it. I had a chance to reconcile with my family. I felt like the, the favor was there, but, but somehow I, I missed it. Have you ever been in a place where you're evaluating your life and you feel like you've missed your launch window? And if we're not careful, we'll feel as if the fact that we've missed our launch window, that it paralyzes us from ever being able to move forward. When I look at the Gospel of John, chapter 5, we're introduced to this man, this paralyzed man who'd been paralyzed for 38 years. And when he's standing in the presence of Jesus, Jesus says to him, do you want to be made well? And the man begins to talk about how he's missed his launch window. Every time I want to be made well, Jesus, someone gets in front of me and I miss the opportunity. Every time I feel like there's an opportunity for me to be made well, there's something that gets in front of me. Someone gets ahead of me. I'm not as privileged enough, and so I missed my window. But Jesus bypasses all of those excuses and says, but, but grace is in front of you now. Do you want to be made well? I'm aware that you may have had some setbacks, but Jesus is your grace period. Do you want to be made well? I'm aware that the past has a place in our lives, but the present is even more important. Do you want to be made well? Jesus is saying to you, you don't have to wait for the calendar to reach midnight for you to have a change of mind, to have a change of heart. You can change right now because grace is with you right now. Do you want to be made well? Do you want to have a fresh start now? We don't have to wait for 2018. We can walk out of here completely different right now. You may have missed your launch window, but grace is standing right in front of you. And Jesus is simply asking the question, do you want to be made well? When I, when I look at the life of, of Paul and the journey that he's been on up to, to this point, and, and him following this call of God that's on his life and the opposition that he faced, now he's at this place where he hears this radical message that would revolutionize the church. And now he feels like he's called to go and be sent out. But the Bible says that while he's being sent out, he faces opposition. He faces opposition from God. Think about that for a moment. He's trying to do the work of the Lord. He's been stirred up in his heart, and he has an idea of where he wants to go. He, he's, he's already done the mind map. He's already outlined what the next year is going to look like. And when he goes out, the Bible says that a storm shifts him in a different direction. When the Bible says that the Holy Spirit prevented him, many scholars believe that a storm came in and blew them off of course. Have you, have you ever felt that you've laid out your plans and you feel like you've submitted those plans to God, but then a storm comes out of nowhere and it seems to blow you off of course? 
I can remember in my own life just going back just a little over a year ago when I began this process of thinking about what will the future look like for me and my family. And, and many of you who are familiar with me know that my family and I prayed and we fasted and we processed and we went through the whole, the whole drama of, of, of building our dream home right here in, in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. After going through the process of saving and, and, and sacrificing and saying no to things and saying yes to things, we finally have an opportunity to walk into all that we felt that God has called us to walk into. And then after living in our home for just under a year, God begins to shift something inside of me and say that I'm calling you to go to a new city. God, but you, but you gave me a vision and a plan for this home that I'm currently living in. This is, this is my dream home. And God said, but I'm, but I'm stirring up and I'm doing a new thing inside of you. Are you willing to follow me where I'm asking you to go? I'm saying, but Lord, you don't understand. I just built this home and I don't know how I can broach this conversation with my wife. I'm just, I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm like, Lord, if this is you, you're gonna have to talk to mama because mama loves her house. God said to me, he said, if I did it before, what makes you think that I won't do it again? If, if I allowed you to fulfill your dreams in one place, what makes you think that my favor on your life has a geographical residence? My favor is with you, not a location. Are you willing to follow me into the environment that I'm asking you to go into? I said, all right, Lord, now say that to Megan. <laughs> he did. So get this, we, we make the decision, we, we pack up everything and we, and we move up to, to Washington, D.C. I'm excited and, and, and I'm just filled with so much anticipation of what God is gonna do. I'm in one of the most influential cities in the world. Our church is filled with influential people and I know that God has called me to impact people that, that'll impact the world, so we're excited about it. And two weeks into living there, I have a freak accident, I fall and I break my ankle in half. Now I have to get surgery. I'm going through physical therapy. I'm on painkillers. And there are times in my life that I'll be honest with you that I wouldn't even read the Bible because the present pain caused me to lose perspective of peace. I couldn't even comprehend scriptures. And as I'm sitting in my bed, I'm thinking to myself, God, why did you move me up here away from my support group? away from my friends and family, away from all that I know to be broken in this environment where I don't know anybody. And God said that if you know everybody, where is there room for me? If everything is about your comfort, where does my grace begin to move you forward? I've asked you, do you trust me? What I recognized in that moment as I began to go through the process of physical therapy that God had given me favor with my therapist. But for long, I'm talking with all my therapists and we're like a, a, a small community. We develop a strong friendship. And, and as time goes forward, the whole entire group all comes to church one Sunday. Two of them get saved. Two of them start coming to our church regularly. And then one of them asked me to officiate their wedding. What God has shown me in one moment is that he will take my brokenness and allow someone else to be made whole. And that's what it means when God begins to do a shift in your life. I'm not sure what you have had planned for yourself in 2017 that maybe God has shifted you into a new environment. But I assure you, there are no mistakes when grace is involved and God is working all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. I don't I don't know what room you're in. I'm not sure who you're looking at right now, but I assure you there's an assignment that God has for you and you can make a difference. God is gonna use the grace in your life to reach somebody else. When I began to look at my life as I'm looking at these people that I'm connected to and I didn't understand it for a season, I realized that God was using my brokenness to reach broken people. Sometimes God will shift some things in you that you didn't see coming, but it's for, it's for a significant impact. 
As Paul had his plans all laid out of where he wanted to go, God has shifted him into another direction. So what the Bible says is that that night, as Paul is beginning to recalibrate what does it mean to, 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 to go and share this message, the Bible says that he gets a vision at night. Let me emphasize this again. After Paul has launched out on two separate occasions and he's been stopped from doing what he wants to do and now he's at this place where he feels desolate, maybe he feels a little bit defeated and deflated, at night a vision came to him. Even when Paul didn't accomplish what he thought he wanted to accomplish, at night a vision came to him. I'm not sure who in here is in an at-night season right now, but I want to encourage you and let you know that you may be in a night season, but your vision is coming, that clarity is coming, that peace is coming, that perspective is coming. You may be in a night season, but at night is when God shows up and he shines the brightest. The Bible says that, that Paul receives this message from this man in Macedonia, and he says, come over here and help us that you have an assignment over here to, to help us. You have a unique gifting and a grace in your life to help us. Maybe the reason why we haven't made it to our destination just yet is because we're supposed to have more passengers. Maybe God has you in the job that you're in and you haven't left that job just yet because there's somebody there that God is calling you to reach. Maybe you're at the school that you're supposed to be at because there are some people there that maybe God has given you favor and influence with and you're supposed to be a beacon of light for people in a world that have lost hope. God gives Paul this message, and now he understands that I have an assignment here. And so the Bible says, at once, they gather all their things together, and they, and they leave. At once, they gather all their stuff, and they're ready to go. And what the Bible declares is that it says that they make it to their destination in two days. The reason why that is so significant, church, is because ordinarily, it would take five days for them to get to that location. But they make it there in two days. Think about that for a moment. It's amazing how much ground we can cover when we use the momentum of grace. It's amazing how far God will take us when we cooperate where he's trying to lead us. Here's what that means for you practically. There's some environments that God is leading you into, and maybe it took everybody else four years to get promoted, but God is going to do it for you in one. Maybe there's some things that you've been struggling with that you think that when you look at the, the statistics that tell you it's going to take a year for you to overcome it, God's going to do it in one night. It's amazing what God will do when you do things with God and you do it with the momentum that God has in your life. I've seen God do some incredible things when we do it with God because with God, all things are possible. With God, we can say to this mountain, be thou removed and it shall be removed because I'm doing it with God. In my own strength, I'm just a broken down man, but with God, I can declare the gospel and see lives radically change. I look at the life of David and on his own, he was just a shepherd boy on the back alleys of the roads, but with God, he became a king. I look at the man named Paul and on his background, when we look at it, he's just a man who was murdering Christians, but with God, he becomes an architect for two thirds of the New Testament. I look at Peter and he was a man who denied Jesus and he was just a fisherman, but with God, he became a fisher of men and he was a catalyst for moving the kingdom of God forward. I look at the things that people do with God, the momentum that God uses with God. And what I tell you is that you are doing things with with God and how God will move the kingdom forward. It's amazing what we could do with God. I look at the life of Enoch and the Bible tells us that he was a righteous man and on his own strength, he was just a righteous man. But with God, he was able to bypass death. There's some things that maybe you've been told they're not going to survive, but with God, you shall bypass death. There's been some brokenness that you've heard, but with God, there's healing available for you. You may be looking at your marriage right now and may feel as if it can't be recovered, but with God, all things shall be possible. I'm not sure what your setback and what your struggle is right now, but I assure you that with God, 
that, that with God factor, that with God variable, that God particle that has the ability to make all the difference in the world. With God, we can do all things. I wanna close with this thought. As I was thinking about when I was watching this shuttle, when it was being canceled, I was listening to the speaker and as they were talking about all the things that needed to be shut down, they were talking about how they had to shut down the engines, they had to shut down the rocket fuel, they had to shut down all these other variables because it wasn't a simple process. It was like this, this strategic process and way that things had gotten shut down. It wasn't, it wasn't so easy. And, and it led me to think about all the planning and strategies that went into it. And, and for some reason, it brought me to Jeremiah 29, 11, where it declares that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. The plans that are good for not to bring you to disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans to lead you into a future and not into disaster and making sure that you understand that you have hope. But I also recognize that there's an enemy that has a plan as well. And the enemy's plan is to steal, to kill, and destroy. So when we think about all the variables that are going on right now, God has a plan to lead you into a hopeful future. The enemy has a plan to bring you to a place of utter destruction. And so there's a conflict that's going on right now. And when we want to do good, evil is yet with us. And we're dealing with this wrestling match that seems to be tearing us apart from time to time. But when I think about that rocket and how it had all this power and all this authority and all of this influence, a little plane that flew into the airspace shut down all that power. A small little plane that came out of left field shut it all down. And what I think about is I think that when we look at Jesus from a distance and his death on the cross and we utter the words, it is finished, it seems so small and insignificant you would never think that it would have the ability to echo out through eternity to make sure that we can experience healing and wholeness and freedom. But somehow when Jesus said, it is finished, it counted for us. And even though the enemy has a lot of plans, the plan of God has shut the enemy down. When grace enters the airspace, it shuts down the plans of the enemy. The, man, the enemy may have had plans for your marriage, but grace has entered the airspace and has shut the enemy down. The enemy had plans for your family, but grace has entered the airspace and shut the enemy down. The enemy had plans for your finances, but grace has entered the airspace and shut the enemy down. The enemy had plans for your mind, but grace has entered the airspace and shut the enemy down. The enemy had plans for your health, but grace has entered the airspace and shut the enemy down. The enemy had plans for your family, but grace has entered the airspace and shut him down. He had plans for your heart, but grace entered the airspace and shut the enemy down. It's amazing the power of grace and how it has the ability to silence the voice of the enemy. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me, and no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. I have taken the best shot from the enemy and I am still here. This is my very presence. It is an assault on the adversary. Hit me with your best shot, but grace has shut down your plans. You have come after my family, but I'm still here because grace has shut down your plans. You may came after me in 2017, but I'm still here because grace 
has shut down the enemy's plans. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know what your setbacks have been. And 2017 may be a season where you feel like all hell has broken loose, but heaven is with you. And though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because thou art with me. And if God be with me, who can be against me? Grace has shut the enemy down. There is freedom in this place here today. Maybe you're in here today and you're looking at 2017 or everything leading up to that moment. And maybe you feel like you've missed your launch window. Maybe there's been some setbacks and some things that the enemy has convinced you that, that you just missed it. I wanna let you know that your grace period is here right now. We don't have to wait for a ball to drop in New York. We don't have to wait for us to change the date on a calendar. Freedom is available right now. Healing is available right now. We sung earlier that a miracle can happen right now. I'm believing with all that is in me, when we go back into worship, that chains will be broken right now. That healing will be made manifested right now. That freedom will be established right now. Your breakthrough is right now. But if you're in here today and you know that you're going into 2018 and there's some things that you need to leave in 2017, I want you to signify by raising a hand. I just wanna include you in this prayer. Hands up everywhere, God bless you. Amen, amen, amen. You can go ahead and put those hands down. My, my next question is for another group of people. Going into 2018, you know the very thing that you need to bring with you is just Jesus. If you were to evaluate your walk with God, you don't have all the answers, but you know that you are not in the proper relationship with Jesus. And you know that before you take one more step, the first thing I need to do is grab a hem of his garment and be made whole, if that's you. If you want to commit or possibly recommit your life to Christ, we don't want you to leave here without giving you that opportunity in that space. If that's you, to say yes to Jesus, on the count of three, boldly, I want you to lift your hands. One, two, three. Yes to Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you, amen, 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 amen. Church, let's celebrate for all of those who are saying yes to Jesus for the first time. We could do a little bit better than that. Let's celebrate the people who are coming home. God bless you. In just a moment, Pastor Pete is gonna come and give you some instructions, but all of us as a family, I want us all to pray this together, helping along those who are, who are making this declaration of faith possibly for the first time. Pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead. And because of that belief, I am saved. Fill me with your spirit and order my steps. In Jesus' name, amen. I am so, so proud of you. Now, as we go back into worship, I want us to seal in what God has done. And what I wanna do is I wanna pray for everybody in here. If you're watching online, we want you to participate in this as well. But if you feel comfortable, I want you to lift your hands up and just receive this prayer that God has for you. Heavenly Father God, you see every hand that's lifted up in this place, Lord. God, as we transition from 2017 into 2018, God, we bring your grace with us, Father. That, God, the enemy has tried to convince us that we missed our launch window, God. But that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. And we recognize that grace has shut the enemy's plans down, Father. We are victorious and we are more than conquerors, God. We're walking into 2018 victorious. We're walking in with a, with a, with a winning mindset, God. We recognize that the enemy has been defeated in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.
Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.